Welcome to the Health Leaders Podcast, the place for peer-sourced and solution-focused insights for healthcare executives, with new episodes airing every Tuesday. I'm Chris Cheney, and I'm the Senior Clinical Care Editor for Health Leaders. In today's episode, we'll be discussing healthcare artificial intelligence issues with Hoda Asmar, MD, Providence System Chief Clinical Officer. Hoda, thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here and join you today. Excellent. Let's get into our discussion. What are some of the use cases for AI at Providence? At Providence, we have spent a lot of time planning and discussing our approach uh, to AI and technology in general. And to identify use cases, we our approach is a very close collaboration between the clinical, technical, and digital teams, and working closely also with some of our partners in the technology space. Uh, such as Epic, our uh, EHR uh, provider, and uh, Microsoft. And I would divide uh, the use cases we're focused on into two buckets. One for clinicians. The current focus for clinicians is on solutions that will help them with things like charting, reducing administrative burden, documentation, in-basket management, For the second bucket of use cases is for patients and consumers. And we see AI technology as useful as self-service tool, something that could be personalized for specific information they may seek based on their health status or their needs. So we see it for the patients and the consumer as easing the access making it more timely, more accurate, with more specific guidance to whatever they want or they're doing the search for. Uh, At Providence, we do envision in the future that AI will be transformational and will change the status quo in a way that will benefit our clinicians, our caregivers, our patients. The importance is to put and respect some guardrails and guidelines around privacy, safety, ethical standards. So in that sense, we did set up a governance structure, an AI governance structure internal to Providence, so we can make sure we are aligned with our organizational mission, strategy, and organizational priorities. And so respecting and ensuring safety, privacy, security, equity and ethical views. In that governance structure, we established four subject matter expert groups, clinical, patient and consumer, workforce, and back office. You can think of the back office like the administration type of functions. These groups have in each of them subject matter experts, multidisciplinary um, teams, And their role is to identify and prioritize specific use cases while making sure the guardrails that I just mentioned are respected and we know how things connect to our global vision of serving all, serving the community and making sure that our primary goals are, one, making sure the impact is positive in patients, 
outcome, so quality of care and safety of care. And the second lens is making sure our use cases are also to the benefit of our clinicians and caregivers from reducing their burden, simplifying their work, and basically supporting them and supporting their experience. So that's our current approach for use cases. Great. Can you talk a little bit about some of the AI projects happening at Providence? Uh, sure. And we there is a lot going on and we have many projects. And so um, I'm going to use some examples of in partnership with other entities, but also some homegrown examples. So one of the things we're in the middle of has to do with a AI tool uh, that we're using in the surgical space. The tool name is IQ, and it's through a vendor, Lean Toss. IQ is, in a nutshell, an automated approach to surgery scheduling. So the surgical space, when you think of the operating room surgical space, it's highly complex. Um, and there is high demand, there is a lot of moving pieces. So you have the patients who need to schedule their procedures and surgeries. You have the surgeons and their staff and their offices. You have anesthesia and you have the entire ecosystem in that surgical suite of all the experts, all the staff, all of nursing who you need to all schedule on this like very busy, high demand, high complexity space. So what IQ, which we started implementing um, in the last quarter of 23, and we should have over 450 operating room on that tool by April of this year. Think of it as your most sophisticated, but intuitive and just in time reservation system. It's like air traffic control for the surgical space. So. The, the good thing about the tool, it takes us away from back and forth phone calls to schedule something or change schedule, uh, away from paper, away from facts. All stakeholders, be it the people managing the surgical suite, be it the surgeons, be it the anesthesiologist, have access to see what's on the schedule, what time it is, what's available. So it gives everyone a just-in-time service, flexibility, and transparency. In addition, for the surgeons in particular, it gives them a visibility beyond their pre-scheduled time, what's available to them. And they can release block time they're not using, but they can also add cases. In just the first 90 days of implementation in 14 markets or ministries, we had over 10,000 transactions using that tool. Um, so I would describe it as the modernization of the surgical space, and it has also lots of predictive and technology and predictive analytics that gives us an ability to adjust as we need based on what we see, the trends of utilization and what everyone is doing. The second example I'm going to give on AI is actually a homegrown example. It's, we call it PROV-ARIA, A-R-I-A. It's a HIPAA-compliant tool for in-basket messaging management. It's like a triage tool. We all know that with the electronic health records, physicians and clinicians seeing patients, they have a massive amount of messages that come to their inbox. And what this tool helps, 
with a large language model in the background running about 20 plus workflow analytics and algorithms, it takes these messages and it group them in different buckets. For example, medication refills, results question, some new symptoms someone wants an advice on, referral status. So what happens if you're the clinician, you have a more organized inbox and you can see your priorities and you can have a better experience in managing all those messages that come your way and you can address them based on that priority um, workflow algorithm with a quick functions, quick actions and uh, responding. So it helps from the clinician standpoint in reducing the burnout, reducing these administrative tasks from the patient side. So in just nine months, so we implemented the tool, it's in about 240 clinics. And in nine months from rolling it out, we've had over a quarter of a million messaging processed through it. And we reduced the response time to the patient by 50% days, literally. And so it's a better experience, faster experience, safer experience for the patients and a huge satisfier on both sides, the patient and the clinician. One other example, which is actually something we just launched, um, it is in partnership with Microsoft and our EHR uh, vendor. It's DAX Copilot. It's a real-time note generation. So there is an older model where the notes would come at the end of the day. So this one we just launched maybe two weeks ago, a DAX Copilot pilot. What it does, it allows, so when you have a clinician interacting with the patient, it will allow for that conversation to be safely and securely immediately auto-transcribed into the electronic health record. So the clinician is focused on the patient versus focusing on typing in the record. And it's much better experience because really what we want as a clinicians, we want to engage with the patient, that human connection, that conversation, that attention. And so we are testing this uh, real-time node generation um, in the background, and we see it as highly promising comparing to some other uh, attempts at node generation that wasn't just in time. And um, we're expecting that this DAX co-pilot will really uh, be a huge satisfier and uh, we will be able to expand it um, over the next uh, few months or over the next year. So these are some examples. There's a lot of other things going on around, for example, doing some pilots where we have a generative AI algorithm pulling documentation from specific parts of the chart to connect it to some quality goals. We have some other things going on, but it gives you a little bit of a flavor and a sense of how much is possible with these AI tools. Great. How do you see AI transforming the role of the clinician? We see, see AI, I, I do believe we are at this critical juncture where AI seems to be bringing this accelerated wave of transformation of creativity with unlimited potential. Um, we see it as an assistant to our clinician, something that will help us simplify and automate, something we that provide assistance in basic algorithmic functions so our clinicians can spend more time 
in direct patient care and clinical decision making. Um, in addition, we see it as a way to help with staffing shortages, reducing burnout, and, and engaging with uh, our clinician and our patients with better experience now. AI is not one size fits all. And we believe it's the clinicians who are going to take AI and use it to help transform care. Our confidence and trust is in our clinicians and caregivers because they're the one who know what works best in their local context, in the way they practice, in their unique care setting. So it's not one size fits all. And we believe it could be one more tool in our toolbox to help them have control and autonomy over how they manage their workflows and day to day. So it's a transformational as far as helping the clinicians guide where it goes and making sure that it delivers a positive impact on their day-to-day -day experience, but also on their patient's outcomes, which is in the end, the goal for all of us, that quality care, that patient outcome, that patient experience. So um, it, we see it as a huge transformational tool and our goal is to have our clinicians be in the driving seat and all of us in support of that transformation driven from the front line. Huda, it's been wonderful talking with you. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you for listening to the Health Leaders Podcast.